1: Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Hanging out here with you inside of the Fantasy Football Power Hour with my co-host Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame Fantasy football.com having some fun this morning and uh, I want to give a shout out really quick here before we get back into the conversation I want to give a shout out to Chris Slayton as well as Jamal Custis two Syracuse players invited to this year's combine at the end of February beginning of March the 2019 NFL scouting combine where by position a select number of players are chosen of the thousands of players available every single year for the NFL draft Jamal Custis at wide receiver And Chris Slayton, a defensive lineman, interior defensive lineman, have both been invited to the NFL scouting combine, which means that something I was already going to pay attention to has now piqued my interest even more so because I've had the opportunity to be around Jamal and Chris and spent a lot of time with Chris and got to interview both of the gentlemen. So, congratulations, Jamal, and congratulations to Chris, and congratulations to everybody who has received their invitation to the NFL scouting combine. With that being said, as we always talk about the NFL never goes away it's february the NFL scouting combines at the end of the month at the beginning of march it's still the combine then all of a sudden we're getting ready for the draft this is why mike and i tell you it never goes away for the best of in the best of uh, of of senses football never goes away and planning for your fantasy football season never stops because the combine has implications, the draft has implications, training has implications, preseason has implications, and before you know it, we're back in the season and we're drafting again. And if you're buying a book a week before your draft with no preparation and you haven't listened to us and taken your notes, probably not going to win a championship. So, the importance of it all is to make sure that every Thursday you're locked in a wake-up call from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time with Mike Sofka and myself, Dan Satora. There's always something to talk about. Proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, and the Penn & Trophy Center in East Syracuse, New York, in their new location on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, right across from BJ's Wholesale Club. Getting back to the Super Bowl, but building into fantasy implications, Mr. Sofka, Todd Gurley. He had 10 carries in the game, 10 carries for 35 yards. Now, he carried the ball more than C.J. Anderson, even though it didn't feel that way by any stretch of the imagination. 10 carries in the game, barely used, watching on the sideline with his helmet on and mouthpiece in. Nobody has answered the question. Sean McVay said, you know, I'm trying to scheme this and scheme that, and I got out coached and yada yada. Jared Goff going, of course I wanted to get Todd Gurley the ball, but I don't make those decisions. And Todd saying I was healthy to go. They just didn't put me out there. Your best player, who you just gave $50-plus plus million to, you made him the highest-paid running back in the country. Arguably, he is the best running back in the country. This would be like the Bulls playing without Jordan. This would be like the Yankees putting Babe Ruth on the bench. Why is Todd Gurley on the bench? Nobody's given us a reason. Nobody has explained this. Give me your thoughts, Mike, because Todd Gurley if for nothing else, should have been the one bright spot in this Rams game. I'm not surprised that they scored three points when this guy is not playing every down on one drive, let alone even playing on a drive here, there, and everywhere. He was a minimal piece of this Super Bowl for no apparent reason. What is your assessment of all this? Well, you know, in the in, in the weaning uh, part of the- Year,
0: you know, it looked like he was being downgraded a little bit. It looked like he wasn't getting the touches or the receptions we would expect from a Todd Girl. He wasn't getting the average, wasn't getting the yards, wasn't getting any yak. He was fumbling the ball. We saw that in the playoff games as well when he was, uh, you know, and, and the hats off to the Rams and McVay for utilizing CJ Anderson and getting them through that time period. But, you know, it just begs the question, and you would think we would have seen or heard of this by now that. You know, it's going to be uncovered. He was playing with some sort of broken, you know, appendage or some sort of torn ligament or some sort of problem, some sort of muscle problem, and you know, we just see, simply haven't seen or heard of that yet. And you know, it, it th- then it begs the question: Did McVeigh outsmart himself? You know, did he think that by you know not using him, he was doing his team a favor? I don't think that was the case. I think you know, is a maybe there's some sort of a minor injury that's causing you know, him problems. You know, it, it, There's people out there that every day they suffer through pains and injuries and, and minor things, and they still go about their day, and they're still able to go about their day. They may not be able to do some of the things they used to do. Well, that's problematic when you're an NFL player if you can't do some of the things you used to do because that's what you're there for. You're there to do these things. And these things involve physical activity, and if you've ever had a, you know, a bad injury, you know that you could walk, or that people from the outside, not knowing you or anything about you, he looks good, he looks fine. Oh yeah, he's healthy. You're making a lot of uh, assessments and a lot of judgment when you don't have all the facts. So until we have all the facts, we're not going to know. But you know, we may never know all the facts. So it's not a good look. It doesn't look good for Gurley. It doesn't look good for McVeigh or the Rams. you got to think and you got to have faith of the whole body of work of Todd Gurley. You can't just use a small sample size like this. You can't just go, well, the past four or five games, this guy's much bigger and better than those four or five games. So going into next year, he's still a top An elite player worthy of top first round consideration in your fantasy drafts, as we stand right now. But you do beg the question, and there are a lot of unanswered questions about what's been going on with Todd Gurley.
1: Yeah, you know, and and the question that comes up now is if they're not going to use him, and he's not going to be the person that they're going to have out there. If they're not going to trust in him, then you know, are we ultimately? I mean, it just doesn't make any logical sense. So, you know, is it unheard of to have a guy who just signed a monumental contract not be on the team next season? I mean, could could we see Todd Gurley not be there? There is the conversation about it out there. What are your thoughts? No. No.
0: It's that silly. That's, that's just – it's so absurd I can't even – comprehend that. I I you know, I apologize if anybody's feelings are hurt over that, but it is what it is. Todd Gurley is simply he's in the conversation with Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey, James Conner, Alvin Kamara, Melvin Gordon. He's in the same conversation with all these guys. So you're telling me that you're okay with any one of these other guys not being around? That's ludicrous. That's 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 outrageous. That's small minded and you know, that's not thinking very clearly here you got to look at the whole body of work and you got to look at at you know what he's capable of and like I said you know hopefully some more truth will come out but again we may never know so until that happens I'm going to reevaluate him I'm going to watch him during camp I'm going to watch him during preseason I'm going to pay attention to all those things but I can't penalize the guy for a couple you know games in a small sample size when he's got such a tremendous career both college and at the NFL level if nothing else I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here and say yeah he's still an elite player and there's nothing wrong and you need to have a Todd Gurley on your team
1: yeah you know and and that's the that's the reality of it all I mean I I don't think you could part ways with Todd Gurley I, I don't understand why they didn't use him I don't understand what the hell was going on in the grand scheme of things here and why that made sense you know Sean McVay saying I got out coached and and this, that, and, and whatever. I mean, Belichick is exactly twice his age. He is 66. Sean McVeigh is 33 years old. But the question that I do bring up is to Sean, how do you not know the one thing that you have to know? I mean, even if you're nervous and you didn't sleep the whole night and you have cold sweats when you get out of bed, the one thing that he should have had on his mirror that he took off the mirror and taped to his forehead is this sticky note that says, when all else fails, play Todd Gurley. That's the only thing he had to know as a head coach. He's a smart-minded guy. He looked flustered. Jared Goff looked flustered. That offensive line that was voted the best offensive line in the country looked like it wasn't even the 27th best offensive line in the country. But I just it's hard to wrap your head around the fact that Todd Gurley is the one thing that Sean McVay couldn't forget on the bench. And somehow, some way, he did. It makes no sense. It's like you can't fly on a plane if you don't have your ticket. You can't play in the Super Bowl without Todd Gurley, and for Todd to say I'm fine, for Jared to make like he was fine, for Sean McVay to make like he was fine, it just leaves the door wide open to a lot of confusion.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've seen you know funnier things or, or weirder things throughout time. I mean, I can remember when Terrell Owens played in the Super Bowl in Jacksonville here with uh, with a broken leg. So I mean, and nobody knew about that until after the game. So I mean, it, it, it happens. Things happen. Stuff happens. But you got to think that if you were McVay, it's kind of like that. If there's nothing else going right, run girly. If if you can't do this, run girly. If 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 if, if we can't overcome this penetration, run girly on the outside. Yeah. Well. You know They're getting a lot of penetration up the middle. Well, let's run some screen passes to Gurley. You would think that Gurley would be in a conversation on every play if he was 100% and 100% healthy. He did come out and say that he played sorry. He did come out and say before the Super Bowl that he was going to rebound and have a comeback game and he was going to you know, resurge again. And, and, and you got to wonder, was that indeed part of the game plan? Was that a decoy thing? I, I, I don't think it was a decoy thing because he wasn't on the field to be a decoy. So it, it just, there's a lot of questions there. And like I said, we may never know. And, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, if nothing else, because of the extensive body of work that he has where he is an elite player. And, and I'm going to go with that until I really see different. It's trending that way now. Don't don't get me wrong. You piqued my interest. My eyebrow is raised. I am going to have to take a closer look at Todd Gurley, but he's still in the conversation as an elite running back, no
1: doubt. Yeah, and the other the other running back that's considered to be elite, but did not play the entire season is Le'Veon Bell. This is going to have fantasy implications. Whatever ends up happening with him, what are your thoughts on on Le'Veon Bell and his current situation? Well,
0: if if you were listening closely. You didn't hear me mention Le'Veon Bell with those seven or eight guys that I mentioned. Yeah, There's a reason for that. We don't even know where he's going to go yet. There's some, there's some places he could end up, and the right situation would prompt him back into that conversation. But what if they don't utilize his running style the same way? What if it's more of a ground-and-pound offense? You know, Le'Veon Bell's got a patient running style. He's not afraid to take an extra step. Wait push off that uh, lineman in front of him, bounce the play outside or cut back inside. He's got a very patient running style, and that's very unique. There's some other guys that mimic that and are able to do that same thing, but that's not going to work for everybody. Now, a good coach like Belichick would bring that guy in, whether it was his style or not, and figure out a way to make it work for him and the team, for the player and the team, to get the most out of the player. So, again, it depends on where he goes. It depends on the usage that they're going to have for him. I wouldn't I, – if it was me and I brought in a Le'Veon Bell, I would just run him into the ground. I'd run him till he couldn't run no more. I'd run him until he was begging to come off the field, and that's what I would do. That's what Le'Veon was afraid of this past year with Pittsburgh, thinking they were going to abuse him. I think the next stop we're going to see a, a lot of – Le'Veon Bell. We're going to see how that works out, and if it works out to his benefit, great, and if it doesn't, he's going to be a has-been type player you know, over over the next couple years. I don't see that happening. I look at him continuing to be an excellent running back, just depending on where he lands. Is he going to be excellent, or is he going to be elite?
1: Yeah, and that's the question that's going to come up here, is what is what are we going to see with Le'Veon Bell? What is he going to be? Who is he going to be with, and how is this ultimately going to shake out in the grand scheme of things when it's all said and done? You know, this is where we sit right now, and it would be nice to know exactly what's going on with Le'Veon Bell and and where he's going to end up. But that that conversation is still up in the air. You know, it wouldn't make sense for a team to lose both of their best offensive weapons, but. It could still happen, Antonio Brown as well. What are your thoughts on this? He's been brought up in some off the field stuff potentially. He's had some very weird kind of goings on with the Pittsburgh Steelers. What do you think about the Antonio Brown factor? Yeah, that's that, that's kind of weird, and I've noticed a,
0: a dramatic change in Antonio Brown's persona the past couple of years, going back to when he was uh, when the team was having a meeting with Tomlin, and he was uh, you know live. Uh, Facebook or Twitter, Twitter, whatever he was doing live, while the whole team was doing that, he was on his own. And then, you know, getting a fat contract and then showing up at camp in the helicopter. And then, you know, just really rock starring in the whole thing. And I find that guys that try to take that next step, it's more about marketing themselves. It's more about themselves as a brand. It's all about those guys trying to be a LeBron and, and you know, get – you know capitalize on you know extreme endorsement money and so forth so I get it it's a business and you're a brand and you got to take care of your brand I get all that but the guys that I have seen over the years that have been the most successful and this is going back to some throwback names I mean guys want to you know mimic the at least my perceived attitude my perception of the attitude that a Jerry Rice had back in a day, he was a lunch pail kind of guy, went to work, did his job at an extremely high level, and continued that for many years. You know, if the brand is good enough, if the product you're putting on the field, which is yourself, is good enough, everything is going to take care of itself. You don't have to have all that glitz and glamour. But I get it. You know, you're pulling in massive jack. you're living, you you know, you're the number one guy. The team will let you do whatever you want to an extent because you're producing. Let him stop producing. Let him not make an impact on a team. All that stuff will go away. Trust me. They're not going to put up with that garbage, and he's heading in the wrong direction. So the off-field incidents are raising some eyebrows, especially when you consider a lot of these guys that have similar incidents aren't even in the league anymore. So it's questionable there's a you know anytime there's a question you know we don't know all the facts and so forth yet and we may never know that as well you know until there's a videotape or an audio tape and supposedly there is one or the other. so we're just gonna have to wait and see but hopefully for Antonio Brown's sake he'll continue to put down that excellent product on the field and some of these other Issues will wane down a little bit and and hopefully who's ever in his ear agent wise or friend wise or whoever he's surrounded himself with is trying to keep him somewhat in check. You don't want to cross over that line. These guys push that needle. They push that line all the time in an effort to build that brand. You know what? It doesn't matter what brand you have on the product. If the product isn't any good work on your product, the brand will follow.
1: And yeah, and, that, and that's where ultimately, you know, where everything sits right now is that, you know, Antonio Brown has got to keep going out there, got to keep producing. Le'Veon Bell has to do the same thing. The question is just where, you know, these guys are going to be doing it. And the fact that this could even open up, you know, this is something that you don't really hear of in the past. You know, a guy just really, 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 really good, and then all of a sudden, you know, he just doesn't fit or he doesn't like where he's at, and then all of a sudden he's gone. I mean, it's just kind of a... Strange and unique situation, ultimately, but it's where we sit at with, you know, the NFL right now and some of these pieces that are going on, you know, that there's some moving parts that people didn't expect to be moving parts, essentially, but alas, here we are, and they could be moving, they could be shifting, and we could see a change coming up here at some point. So with that being said, Mike, we're going to take one final step aside. We'll come back in just a moment to wrap up this Fantasy Football Power Hour with Mike Sofko of Hall of Fame, FantasyFootball.com. And tonight, once again, we're going to be at the home team pub with Alan Griffin in the Alan Griffin Hour. He's a former Syracuse player and a current Syracuse assistant coach under Jim Boeheim. If you have questions on Syracuse Orange Men's Basketball, which many of you have many, Today is the day to come out and see us. Home Team Pub 7990 Oswego Road in Liverpool, New York with Alan Griffin tonight. For an hour, you have the opportunity to hear from Alan Griffin and speak with him during the breaks, get an autograph, take a picture, and ask your questions.
0: This is a wake-up call Fast Break.
1: The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat Family-Friendly Sports Pub and Restaurant. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find unless you head to 119 East Second Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers as well as beyond for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East Second Street in East Syracuse, New York gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Pen and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Pen and Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is Pen and Trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash Call. DT hanging out with you every single Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Hope you're having yourselves a tremendous Thursday here, Thursday, February 7th. And once again, we're going to be hanging out at the Home Team Pub tonight, 7990 Oswego Road in Liverpool, New York. Come out and see us, Syracuse Orange Men's Basketball Conversation with assistant coach Alan Griffin from 7 to 8 p.m. tonight, Thursday, February 7th. Come out for the Alan Griffin Hour, which you will only find at the Home Team Pub. So come have some fun with us tonight. We appreciate you coming out and hanging out with us for some great food, great conversation, and always a great time. Thank you to the Home Team Pub, Joe Khalil, and the entire team over there for everything that they're doing with the newest sports bar in Syracuse, New York. Newest sports bar and restaurant and catering and sports private dining room as well. So a lot of great things when it comes to the home team pub. They have so many different pieces. Essentially they have like three different locations all inside of one. And we'll be up on the stage when you come in on the right side. So come out and see us and have some fun with us tonight. Talk some Syracuse basketball. But before we go there, we must go here. Mike, in order to wrap things up here in the conversation in the Fantasy Football Power Hour, uh, another thing I wanted to get to—we got to a lot of pieces of it today—but I, I also wanted to get to the Sony Michelle factor and uh, and Nick Foles as well. Just what you could say about Sony Michelle. I mean, Brady said he wanted to play until he's 45. If he's got a running back like Sony Michelle, he probably is going to end up doing it because Sony can carry a lot of the load. What are your thoughts on the Sony Michelle factor? When they drafted Sony Michelle. I said it earlier this week. I think there was a collective gasp by 31 other NFL franchises, and now we're seeing, you know, this this reality of when they drafted him. I said, "Oh, great!" To the, <laughs> you know, to the Victor go even more Victor's, so to speak. And you know, after he was playing in the championship game against Alabama in college, what do you think about the Sony Michelle factor and how that can positively affect the future of Tom Brady in the NFL? Well, uh, you know, I
0: think that New England's going to be. Uh, judicious in their use of Sony Michel. And what I mean by that is by New England standards, he's getting a lot of carries. I mean, 18 carries, 94 yards in the Super Bowl, that's that's a lot of carries. That's like riding a workhorse running back. And, you know, they, they were trying to do that, and that was the game plan, and that's the way it went. And that's what he's there for. He's there for when games need that type of component, when they can jump out on somebody and run the ball, and what but they can... The ball. Don't forget that they, they've always had a stable of running backs. And even when they don't, even when these guys go down, they're not afraid to take a wide receiver like a Cordell, Cordell Patterson or Julian Edelman. Give these guys some touches. You have a James White who can come in and spell. You have a guy like Rex Burkhead who's capable of running between the tackles and be a PPR monster when they when they get the ball to them. The challenge is they spread the ball out so much, but if he did have to pick one constant and one guy that's going to be the centerpiece of that whole buffet at running back that they have, and that's simply going to be Sony Michelle. they're going to use him judiciously, but they're going to use him to the extent that it does alleviate some pressure from Tom Brady. You take pressure off the quarterback, you have a more quarterback, and he needs that help. He's going to need that assistance, because you're right, he is getting up there in age, and we do know that progressively, you know, quarterbacks do wane in in their latter years, and their their skills can deteriorate. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm not saying that's going to happen here in the near future with Tom Brady. I do think he can play to 45, and I think if nothing else, it's a marketing and a business strategy on himself with his side business that he has that Belichick hates, TB12, so I think he's going to give it all he's got, and if he can play to 45, he will, and you're absolutely right, a guy like Sony Michelle is going to be impactful in making that happen, however... That doesn't bring Sony Michel into the elite running back status fantasy football-wise. He's still an excellent option, and he's still more of an RB2 guy for me, RB2. You know, the steady guy, especially in a situation where you can count on a guy each week to maybe get 15 to 20 touches and maybe some consistent production in a high-powered offense. And that would be Sony Michel.
1: And then the final point that I wanted to discuss here, uh, Nick Foles you know, the uh, the most expensive backup in the NFL. Looks like he's going to have an opportunity to be a starter somewhere else. I brought up the conversation about, you know, him going to the Jacksonville Jaguars and my, my overall thought process of this that I did on the Prowl this past Monday in our signature segment of Jacksonville Jaguars coverage on the Prowl. And what I had to say about it was I think the Jaguars should go and get Nick Foles, trade for Nick Foles after they have Nick Foles take their seventh pick in the first round, trade down with their first round pick so they can get another first round pick that's later, grab a second round pick from the team that they trade down to, and then add that to their second round pick. And then on top of that, move forward from there with their third-rounders as well, and they can assess the middle linebacker and wide receiver situation. What do you think about my path? I think it's a successful one. You go and get Nick Foles, you trade down in the first round, you grab yourself another pick in the second round, and then you still have Jalen Ramsey to kind of figure out what you want to do with him and if you want to shop him at all. What do you think about that road for the Jaguars?
0: Well, there's a lot of unanswered questions. I mean, we still don't know if Leonard Fournette's going to be around they seem to make a commitment to Fournette, but I, I just wonder, is it like a Jameis Winston issue where you feel at times you're throwing good money after bad? So it, I think it's just going to depend on on what what's available to them, You know what they're offered back. I think a Foles would be a dynamic piece that bridged the gap, but I think they still need to pick a quarterback. Now here's the thing. In the draft, quarterback is going to be overdrafted this year. That's the bad thing for the Jaguars. It's going to be a very defensive heavy draft, especially at the top end of the draft. You're going to see a lot of defensive players going in the top end of the draft. A lot of defensive tackles, edge rushers, guys that can make a difference. And you saw that in the Super Bowl, how big that can be. You have to have the big boys that can move on the inside. So that's important and there's a good class for that coming out right now. Defensive linemen and edge rushers. You know The quarterbacks that are out there, there's not a a good level of quarterbacks. There's some good quarterbacks that maybe some projects and maybe can impact the team sooner rather than later. But it's all a dice rolling. A Dwayne Haskins, a Drew Locke, a Daniel Jones out of Duke seems to be shooting up the, the you know, the, the draft boards. I like a Will Greer from West Virginia. But you know, it's still the same thing. Are you going to bring in a Flacco? Are you going to bring in a Foles to bridge that gap? I think they have to. Trading back might not be a bad thing and still get one of these quarterbacks, but I think you have to do both. Don't forget, there's other guys that are out there. There's a Teddy Bridgewater out there. I I, I mean, I know that's not a huge name, but you know, he's not far removed from playing excellent, and I don't know where his injury is. I don't know where his speed is, his agility. I I haven't really studied his footwork yet. I'm thinking this guy still has some NFL game in him, and you know what... How how much worse can it get? Okay, let's just look at the quarterback play for the Jaguars. It's been bad. Let's just say that. It's been bad. Okay, blame the OC, blame the player, blame the play call, blame this, blame that. It's been bad. So I think bringing in a Teddy Bridgewater or a Foles or a Flacco isn't a stretch. I think it's something you have to. To trade a Jalen Ramsey, who's probably not going to resign, don't be afraid to tra- trade a Fournette, even though he's a solid guy. This guy's an injury-prone player. He's already proven that. So, you know, make the moves you have to make. Tom Coughlin, let's go. The rest of the defense is waiting for a championship. You have all the pieces together. Let's make the right move at quarterback.
1: If you're a Jaguar fan. Right, and they're going to have to start figuring out and paying some of these guys, and there's going to be free agents coming up here soon on the defensive side, so they got to figure it out. I look at it like this. You already have a first-round pick. You already have a second-round pick. You have a couple third-round picks. Okay. You go out and you get Nick Foles. You could still shop Leonard Fournette and get a high draft pick. You could still shop Jalen Ramsey and get at least a first-round pick for him. So you know you look at. I look at it from the sense of why not go for broke? Go after it all. Get a few first-rounders. Get a few second-rounders. Go and get Nick Foles. Build your team right now. Build through the draft. Do what you need to do. You did not have Tom Coughlin a few years back when you were trying to build this thing back up. You have him now, and Dave Caldwell, whatever people want to say, that general manager has made some damn good decisions with this Jacksonville Jaguars team, and Shad Khan, the owner, has done a hell of a job. So right now is the time to strike. You are a team on the precipice of something great. You had the opportunity of making it to the Super Bowl, and then you you had a season that followed that is a forgettable season, but it's only forgettable if you can bounce back. You don't want to play with fate. You had an opportunity to get to a Super Bowl. You have an opportunity to get back there if you make the right decisions. Go get yourself a quarterback, and everybody, you know, the Leonard Fournettes and the Jalen Ramsey should be up for debate and up for trade and get those picks. And build your team and do it right now. Find your linebackers, find your receivers, do what you need to do, show how smart you are, and take some damn risks high risk, high reward. Because the way it is is Mike, if they keep waiting and they don't take the risks, they're going to be a team that was every squirrel gets a nut, so to speak and they're going to go back to losing again. They're in a place right now where they can win. They have A.J. Boye. They have Calais Campbell. They don't have to worry about certain things right now. They need to take care of business because their window is short, and everybody besides the Patriots knows when you make it to a Super Bowl, you might never get there again. And if you make it close to a Super Bowl, you might never get to touch it again. I think the Jaguars fans in a decade out of the playoffs know what it feels like And want to go back in the other direction very, very quickly. So I think you should, you know, put put Ramsey out there, put Fournette out there, get a feel for what people are thinking. They're already not necessarily happy. So if they find out, who cares? And if you can get something good for them, build through the draft.
0: No, it makes a lot of sense. I think that's the way to go. You have to act now. You have to strike while the iron's hot. You have to make hay while the sun shines. And you know, hopefully Tom Coughlin and company will do the right thing here.
1: That coming from Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame Fantasy Football dot com. Myself, Dan Tatora of Wake Up Call DT dot com. As always, Mr. Sofka, I appreciate you. Go enjoy the weather for me. I will live vicariously through you today, and I hopefully will be down there soon in my second home. So I hope you have a great day, and I'll talk with you soon. Sounds great. Thanks, Dan. Take care. That comment once again from Mike Sofka, Hall of Fame, FantasyFootball.com. Myself, Dan Satora here of Wake Up, call DT.com, inside of Wake Up, Call with Dan Satora, and of course, the Fantasy Football Power Hour, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub, which is your go-to sports bar and restaurant in Camillus, New York. It is the place that somehow finds a way to have birthday parties, and you know, I mean, you got a bunch of ladies hanging out having ladies' night. You have guys watching the game. You have you have couples watching the game. You have women watching the game. You have guys, you know, having a reunion. You got a birthday party going on. You got an event going on, and it all just works at the Wildcat. They just figure it out. Danny Tome and the entire team out there. Shout out to all of you. And the Penn and Trophy Center has been serving you for over five decades. They've been customizing. They've been engraving. They've been creating for you your fantasy football trophies. Your you know, everything you need for work from, you know, your nameplate on your desk to your employee of the month plaques that you have out there to, you know, all of these events when they're giving away awards in town and, you know, all around. And if you go to penandtrophy.com, 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 if you go and hang out there, you can, wherever you are, Pen and Trophy can help you out. If you go to their website, and reach out to them and ship it out to you and and get you what you need. Penn & Trophy is an amazing, amazing, amazing piece of Central and Upstate New York. It's part of the fabric of our community. It's one of the strongest businesses that was created here and built here. And so you definitely need to go and check them out. They're on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. Dan, Monty, and the entire team there, thank you for all that you're doing. We're proud of your new location. We're happy where you are. They're right off of... Erie Boulevard and Bridge Street, right by BJ's Wholesale Club. You'll find them on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. And you can call them at 315-422-8797. That's 315 422 8797. Once again there is a doubleheader going on with the Syracuse Stallions this weekend. You can buy your tickets for Manlius Pebble Hill, that's where they play their games. They're undefeated, they're the number 1 ranked team in the nation once again this week out of 143 teams and they're playing a top 5 team in the nation in Wyoming Valley on Saturday and rival Binghamton on Sunday. You can buy your tickets by going to Syracuse Stallions God bless. Be well. I'll see you tonight for the Alan Griffin Hour with Syracuse Assistant Coach of Men's Basketball Alan Griffin at Home Team Pub. Let's let's set a record here, folks. We just started doing these shows. We've only done a couple. Let's set a record with Show 3 and how many people come out to the Home Team Pub. The weather's not that bad. The snow has melted. It is time to come out here. 7 to 8 p.m. tonight, February 7th at Home Team Pub, 7990 Oswego Road in Liverpool, New York. We'll see you there, and I'll be back on the airwaves tomorrow morning with Jordan Newman. We'll be hanging out. The Annoying Moment of the Week proudly brought to you by Carvel DeWitt. Starts off the show, significant sound bites with my question and Dino Baber's answers to my trio of questions for National Signing Day and Syracuse football in general, and we will also have live in-studio conversation with Jordan Newman for FML Friday Morning Live inside of Wake Up Call, the show within a show. Thank you so much for listening into the show today. You'll find us on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, Twitter at Call DT, and Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT. God bless you. Be well. Be good to yourself. And remember to be good to others, too. Life is about just being happy, choosing to be happy and choosing to be a good person. Two of the easiest choices that you could ever make in your life. And when the going gets tough, you can always pray. And you never have to worry about who you are if you try every day to be a good person. You can't affect, you can't change the world, necessarily. You can't make people change. But you can be good yourself. And it's not about changing other people. It's about being the best you you can be. So do that today. Be the best you possibly can be. And come out and hang out with us. Let's have some fun. Bring the ladies out. Bring the gentlemen out. Bring the kids out. Let's have a good time with Alan Griffin tonight. We'll talk with you soon.